0: Even if you're 95% sure nothing bad will happen, there's still that 5% chance that something bad will happen. And that's why they
1: call it a risk. Welcome to episode 24 of Behaviorally Speaking, a podcast featuring board-certified behavior analysts, Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. On this episode, they'll talk about one of the toughest parts of being a parent, dealing with impulsivity of kids and teens, and they'll share tips are teaching impulse control and reducing risk taking behavior. Behaviorally Speaking is brought to you by Will of Rethink Division, an employer provided digital well being solution to support parents and caregivers of children with learning, social, and behavioral challenges. And now, here are your hosts, Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi.
2: Hello, and welcome to our 24th episode. Of Behaviorally Speaking. I'm one of your hosts, Angela Nelson, a board certified behavior analyst and mother of
0: two. And I'm Kristen Bondi, also a board certified behavior analyst and mother of three. Hey, Angie. Hey, it's almost summertime. Hey. I know. <laughs> I know. And you know what I was just thinking when you know we say like mother of two, mother of three. You know, I was just thinking that it feels like I just switched that to mother of three and he's already a year. <laughs> so know, how long have we that. been doing this podcast? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my goodness. I know. Oh. That was a quick I
2: yeah, I can't believe that it's already mm-hmm. been a year. Aww. I know. I know. Yeah. Yes. Time is flying. I know, I was just talking to my kids today um My younger one, Rosie's turning seven. Uh, She's a party this weekend and school for us, elementary school is going to be out in less than a month. And it it was just creeping along. And then all of a sudden it just seemed like it shot forward. And I'm like, oh, wow.
0: Summer is right around the corner. (laughs) I know. I know. Our school here gets out the end of May. So Pepper only has two weeks left. Yeah. He gets out before June. I'm like, this is crazy. Wow. Summer camp? Where are you? Yeah. <laughs> so, we oh, yeah. I mean, you're getting,
2: camp getting into right new, now. Yeah, you're getting into like a whole new world of parenting, like mm-hmm. the summer camps and the yeah, the big kids yes. stuff. It's
0: fun. Yeah, and I never actually realized. People used to say, I'm sure a lot of our <laughs> listeners can relate, but people used to say, depending on where you live, you have to sign up for summer camp like well in advance. And I oh, would have yeah. never thought of that. But that's yeah, here, like, here in LA, you, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like, okay, in 2027, I'm going to need summer camp for these three kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And we just like doing the parks and rec
2: camps. Yeah. Those are great and close to the house. And it came out in March and you have to get there right on the dot. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it get, and I think because of the pandemic, a lot of people really took to those camps. They were looking for things. And once they started opening up opening up again, people just flocked to them. Right. Right. And yes. now they've discovered the secret of the great parks and rec. And mm-hmm. yeah, so we we signed up in March and we didn't even get all of our,
0: our options, which was kind of a bummer. Wow. So yeah. yeah, yeah, that is crazy. All, all right. Boy. Should we jump no, into no it? No parallel, no parallel to our yeah. topic today. No, no, <laughs> no parallel at all. Let's sign up for summer camp if you haven't yet. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, so let's segue over to... Um, Totally different topic, which is our <laughs> topic for today. And we're gonna talk about impulse control and risk-taking behavior. So mm. this is this is kind of yes. a, a topic that we've touched on. Well, I should say we've touched on this umbrella topic of executive functioning for many podcasts. this is I know, Mm -hmm. Kristen, this is one of your areas of expertise, just this Mm -hmm. concept of executive functioning. And we actually just created content on this last month when we were in New York. Um, Us and a couple of our colleagues, we put together, I think it was close to 50 sessions that we did on executive functioning. And impulse control risk-taking was one subset of that. So Mm -hmm. definitely going to dive into that today. Um, As our listeners know, we work with families All day, every day, and this is a big, big topic that comes up. And you know, we know from the literature that impulsive children are definitely at higher risk of various social consequences, like having a harder time making friends, and higher rates of accidents and injuries. And they're also more likely to engage in risky behavior, which is why we kind of tacked on that that related topic as well for today. Um, And then, conversely, we know that kids who have better impulse control, they do better in school, they do have an easier time making friends, and a more, um uh, I guess, an easier time setting and achieving goals. So we really wanted to dive into this topic today and kind of break it down, give some ideas and suggestions and, and strategies to help with impulse control. Um, You know, I think kind of a main takeaway is we really can't control all of our kids' actions. And I don't think it's mm-hmm. good that we, if we did, right? We do right. need to kind of teach how to make good decisions and how to manage our behavior, how to address impulse control, and and also kind of assess if our home is set up for safe choices, really. So it's kind of a good, I think, check-in point for all parents to say, hey, how do we need to teach this behavior more explicitly? Is our house set up for safe, safe choices? And
0: um, we're going to dive into all that today. Yes. Yeah. This is such a good one, as you touched on. I mean, this is one that gets brought up at at least weekly, if not more, uh, with parents and just wondering, like, how do I work through impulse control? How do I know if there's an issue with impulse control? And um, Mm -hmm. so we're definitely going to touch on that, too. But before we get there, let's just level set a bit and talk about the definitions of those so our listeners can understand what do we mean when we're talking about impulse control and risky behavior. So impulse control, it's our ability to think before we act, right? So it's mm-hmm. it begins in early childhood, but it's really that stop and think mentality before mm-hmm. you actually do something or say something. And then risky behaviors are behaviors that may be potentially harmful, they might be dangerous, or they're going to have a negative outcome. And then our impulses can influence risk-taking behavior and we can manage this behavior by improving impulse control so they are related and so that's why as Angie mentioned we want to we want to touch on both and we'll break them out a little bit but really today we're talking mostly about impulse control and risk taking behavior and how they relate to each other
2: yeah absolutely i yeah. think it's good that you kind of broke it down what you know what is this actually what is the mm-hmm. definition of, of this so. right yeah so before we dive into the tips we did want to just kind of lay out, how do we know that our child is trucking along, hitting those developmental milestones? Mm -hmm. Um, How do we know if there's a problem with impulse control? So, you know, I think it's important to remind everybody that this sort of behavior, as with a lot of executive functioning skills, does start in early childhood, as you mentioned, Kristen, but it takes a while to fully develop. And we know that A lot of these behaviors don't fully develop until young adulthood, kind of college age, in fact. So right. we do want to have realistic expectations. Um, try not to do too much comparison to other kids, and um, we know that this these sort of skills develop at different rates for different kids, depending on who you are. Um, but you know, there there are certainly some red flags and some things to look out for. So you know, when mm-hmm. your child is in preschool or toddler age and they're at the park or they're at school and they're maybe grabbing and things like that. Yes. We know that th- that happens when kids are very young, but when you, your child starts to get a little bit older, maybe your child's teacher is commenting on some of their behaviors. They're frequently getting hurt or having accidents, um, not potty accidents, but uh, you know, falling down or <laughs> physical you know, doing this. Yeah. yeah. Physical accidents. Um, have, they are having a harder time maybe making friends or they're we're, they're you're constantly hearing when they come home about fights and squabbles. they're grabbing, they're blurting out, interrupting you um, and it's going well into elementary school age then it is probably time to start either talking with your doctor about it also maybe start in kind of in parallel thinking about how you might teach these skills more um, explicitly and kind of systematically you know in your home so, You know, when it comes to teens, too, I'll mention some of the things in the research that are really, that really stand out as risky and impulsive are things like speeding and unsafe driving, um, unsafe sexual behavior. So starting at an early age, multiple partners, uh, not using protection, those sort of things. And then alcohol and drug use. So those are kind of red flags across the childhood and teen uh, span, so those are things to kind of look out for, and that might be a sign that, hey, I need to kind of intervene here and, and start thinking about teaching impulse control.
0: Yeah. I love that you highlighted what's what's typical, especially for younger learners, because that is a question I get quite often, kids who are two, three, four, and they, they walk up and, and take toys from their friends. And like you had mm-hmm. mentioned, well, a lot of times that is pretty typical behavior because kids don't have the language to say, hey can I, can I see that toy, you know, yeah. or, or my turn or whatever it might be. So I think it is important to, like Angie mentioned, if these behaviors persist, right? So it's like at three and you're teaching your child, no, no, you have to wait, you have to ask, but mm-hmm. there's five, six, seven, and they're still not waiting or asking, then, then yes, I would say maybe that's where we need to do a little more exploring into some strategies here. Yeah, definitely. So, <clears throat> yeah. yeah, Perfect. Okay, well, let's let's get into it. Let's get into some of the strategies here that you can can use with your child and your teen. So we'll definitely talk about both here. So with our kids, so like we had mentioned, okay, we see these behaviors are continuing. Well, one thing that we say in terms of of um, working through these behaviors is is positive reinforcement. We say it a lot. We've probably mentioned it on tons of episodes, and it's our Yes. And (laughs) praising what you want to see continue. So we Mm -hmm. say, you know, what you water grows. Well, the same thing applies here. So if you want your child to, to use their words or, or do something instead of grabbing, you could say, Hey, you didn't grab Legos from your friend today. Nice job. Or you used your words today instead of grabbing from your friend. Great job. That's what I want to see. Something like that. I actually just had a call, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, where I pointed this out. The the little boy was biting, um, mm. still biting past the age of where where we should, you know, kids should probably stop yeah. biting and they should use their words. And so the mom was pointing out saying something like, Oh, you did you bite anyone today? Did you bite anyone today? You know, and mm-hmm. and I said, Well, how about if you don't get a report of him biting, then that day you could say, Hey. It seems like you might have really did a great job using your words today. So something like that. So really pointing out what we want to see them do instead. And and that way, hopefully, Mm -hmm. that behavior will then grow.
2: Yeah, that's a nice, very Mm -hmm. simple tweak, but could make some big impacts. Yeah.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So for teens, same thing. Um, Obviously, we're going to make it a little bit more age appropriate for teenagers, but maybe saying something like, I know you've been working hard on keeping negative comments to yourself when teammates miss basketball or baskets in that basketball Mm -hmm. game. Let's go get some ice cream or something like that. So really refraining from yelling at your teammate and saying, hey, why'd you do that? You know, something yeah. that you might want to do, um, working through it and, and having some, you know, some impulse control there. And then something just to think about when, we're, when we talk about positive reinforcement in general, um, sometimes we need to break it up. And, and so if we're waiting, if any kid or teen might be having to wait until the end of the day or, or even the week. That might be tough to see a change in behavior. The it's it's just too long. So mm-hmm. you know what what it what I do on Monday impacts Saturday. Well, that might be too long for a lot of kids and teens. So mm-hmm. we might consider doing something like uh, an hourly uh, positive reinforcement system where we say, "Hey, we earn a point every hour we engage in the appropriate behavior." And that's just one example. There's there's many you could do there. Obviously, you'd have to be with your child during this time um, to really work yeah. through that, but. Um, that might be a really good way to work on that, decreasing that impulsive behavior. So it's like, hey, you you stopped and you thought about it. I, I noticed that. And maybe we're checking in every hour and we're awarding points or something like that to
1: it.
2: Yeah. I think that's going to be Im- increasingly important with the younger ones because mm-hmm. it's just so hard for them to wait. Or they just oh yeah naturally forget what they're supposed to do. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Well, and if you think about it, if if we're talking about someone who has difficulty with impulse control, waiting until the weekend to earn something would be really difficult for somebody who has trouble with impulse control, right? And so, waiting, yes, it's kind of so waiting. To- <laughs> yeah, Right, exactly. So, so it's almost like I, I should rephrase this too. It's probably a must <laughs> if you're working mm-hmm. with a younger child to break that up into um, a shorter turn, a shorter amount of time before they earn that reward, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and so, of course, this is going to be more work on the front end, and, and it's always a little bit more difficult and a lot more work on us parents when when we're p- making that plan and being proactive, um, but mm-hmm. it's going to be worth it, right? So we can fade yeah. that out over time, but it's definitely going to be worth it to put more work up front.
2: Definitely. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll say on that is the research shows that the positive reinforcement is more effective at changing behavior than punishment. And, um, you know, kids with impulse control issues probably hear um, more punitive statements than positive statements. And so mm-hmm. this is something to think about as a parent. I I, I do this a lot and I, I tell parents to do quite often. So not only are your kids hearing in school the things that they might be doing wrong or incorrect or getting corrected a lot, they might mm-hmm. be hearing that at home too. I, I tell parents all the time to think about what are you responding to? And is it you're only responding when your child is standing on the table or (laughs) jumping off the couch, you know, Um, make sure that you're giving your child a lot of attention and praise and and responding and reacting when they are controlling themselves. And when they Mm -hmm. are having some impulse control, they're super important.
2: I think that's probably one of the biggest takeaways from this whole Mm -hmm. podcast really is just, yeah. What are you responding to? I think that's Mm -hmm. a good reality check for all parents. I mean, myself included, I can think about that too across the day. Am I, Providing, you know, what is the ratio? And you're right. We know this from the research that impulsive kids, kids that, um, you know, have behavior challenges, they absolutely see and hear mm-hmm. more. The, the ratio of positive to negative statements is pretty um, jarring. You know, they've, mm-hmm. they've done research yeah. in homes and in and in the school setting, too. So, um, yeah, I mean, to be mindful of what we're saying to kids, too, and and kind of what they're internalizing. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So moving on to our next tip, being clear about expectations and also talking about actions and consequences. Those things kind of go together. So Mm -hmm. for kids, you know, maybe you're going, it's, it's again, what you had mentioned before, it's the proactive kind of that upfront planning talking about, Hey, we're going to have a play date, but we're not going to grab Play-Doh. If you were, I know you guys are going to play Play-Doh when you get there. What do we do? How do we ask for Play-Doh? So you're kind of going through what you're supposed to be um, or what they're supposed to be doing. Same thing with teens. You know, the expectation is we go to school every day unless you're sick. That is the expectation. So Mm -hmm. and we need to be consistent with our expectations. If you're inconsistent, then that definitely leaves the door open (laughs) for for different things to creep in. Um, And when you're talking about or when we're talking about actions and consequences, this isn't necessarily just from a discipline standpoint, right? So a consequence of being, you know, kind of rowdy with toys is you have to replace a toy or help offer to fix it or uh, write an apology note, whatever it is. But um, literally we're talking about the um, that your actions have consequences. They have ramifications. So Mm -hmm. it's things like, you know, you are – if you're always storming off when you lose at a game, or I, I know a lot of kids, I volunteer at my kids' school sometimes, and a lot of them, <laughs> this is developmentally appropriate, but they're so rule-governed and they refute the rules or they change the rules if it's not kind of going in their favor, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you tend to be like that, maybe kids are not going to want to play with you the next time. So that is, mm-hmm. yeah. that is a consequence of your behavior. Same thing with teens. So, you know, teens, uh, many teens have a history of risky driving and accidents mm-hmm. and so on. And so, reviewing statistics with your teen, talking about the the consequences of speeding and, you know, racing and things like that, uh, can really, really have some some good benefits. And that helps them learn to decide, you know, is it worth taking the risk. Is it worth, Mm -hmm. you know, these sort of behaviors? Um, There's an acronym that we use a lot in kind of the social emotional learning uh, world, which is THINK, T-H-I-N-K. It stands for, um, and and this is actually, I think this is a great uh, acronym for things like um, social media posts for teenagers. Mm -hmm. So Mm where first you think about uh, a statement that's true, so I'm just going to say, each of the words as it relates to the acronym. So is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? That's a good kind of rule of thumb for thinking about your actions and how they might have hopefully positive consequences. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you're talking about these things, it's important to kind of tie some of these easy to remember things like, Hey, you know, if you're, if you're talking with friends uh, or you're, Posting something on social media, think about the consequences of your actions, and you can use the word think uh, that acronym to help as Mm -hmm. a
0: good reminder. Yeah, I love that one. And you know, I was actually just thinking about um, this really, I think this relates well to sibling interactions, also because. This is an area that I hear quite often from families <laughs> – this happens in my house too, but um, the older sibling typically wants to correct the younger sibling a lot. And so it's like, no, mm-hmm. don't do it that way. Or in my house, it's because my kids are little, it's very like, well – my son calls our daughter sissy. So I 10 times a day I hear sissy, stop that, you know, and I'm just like, all right, we have to be kind. We have to say it nicer. Mm-hmm. She still needs your support and help and all that. But mm-hmm. I think that this one would be so helpful because as kids get a little bit older, we could use that same acronym and and um, say something like, is this being helpful? If you're correcting your brother or sister with something that they perhaps are doing incorrectly, like playing a game and maybe they're doing it wrong. Maybe Mm -hmm. taking a minute, stop, think, and then you know, give your give a better response and actually be helpful here and come up with a solution together. So yeah. I really like that one. I think it could be used in so many different contexts.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the next one moving on to the third tip is and this one, it might be tricky sometimes. I mentioned this a lot to families. And so when we're talking about risky behavior and impulse control, and maybe more so impulse control is modeling the appropriate behavior. <laughs> so oh yeah, you, yes. And so you really want to make sure that, that you are modeling, that you're maybe controlling your impulses. And, um, you probably control your impulses a lot and, and it goes behind the scenes. It's not something that your kids can really necessarily see you doing. So it can be really helpful to narrate what you're doing. And, um, so, so younger kids and, and maybe even your teenagers know. So I'll give you an example of, uh, of, it was about last week, I think, and I was driving and my phone went off and, um, I I glanced over at my phone sitting on my passenger seat and I noticed, oh, it was, it was my husband messaging something. And Mm -hmm. I instinctually was going to pick it up, but I'm driving. And so I actually made a point to say to my son, who was the one in the car, he's five. And I said, hey, you know what, I, oh, that's right. Daddy did say I need to do this, but I'm not going to respond back to him right now. I'll let him know I saw it in a minute. I'm not going to respond right now because I'm driving. And we don't look at our phone when we're driving, right? <laughs> and so, and of course he's five. So he was all like, yeah, you can't look at your phone when you're driving. That's right, mommy, eyes on the road, <laughs> you know? So he's like really into the conversation. I'm sure as a teenager, he might give me an eye roll instead <laughs> during that conversation. Um But that's a great example of how you can just mention to your kids and teens that you are controlling your impulses throughout the day.
2: Yeah, I like that. And it makes sense, too, when they're younger to be more explicit, animated, Mm -hmm. kind of walk through, like narrate what you're doing. And, oh, my gosh, I'm terrible at the texting and driving. I've,
0: I've definitely gotten a ticket for it too. Oh no. Yeah. And there, some States are pretty strict too. Like oh, I remember. California. Is, yes. Yeah. yeah. Maryland. It was like, if, if you were on your phone at all, like you could have been, I was like, well, what happens if you're like using Google maps or something? Like how does the officer know? But if you're like l- holding your phone in any way, like they'll pull you over. Mm-hmm. So not so crazy yeah. here in Florida, I will say, yeah. but <laughs> definitely in Maryland they were. Yeah. Um and then this one I, I think can be really helpful. So for all ages, show them how to take a deep breath and and pause. And this is one where I actually mentioned to parents to to do this for themselves. So, you know, teaching your kids how to do it, but of course, modeling this behavior and you might find that if you pause and you take a deep breath more frequently, then mm-hmm. that becomes more natural for you too. So, there might be times yeah. where Your child is frustrating you (laughs) and you take a deep breath because you're trying to model this appropriate behavior. And then you might find, oh, wow, actually, I think I came up with a better, um, I had a better solution there because I actually took a moment to think about it. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. nice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one I'll say on modeling appropriate behavior here is to... I think also very important, but own up to your own mistakes, right? So of course, we all make mistakes. We all, are, you know, might not do something the, the right way the first time. And I think it's really important to show your child when you make mistakes, point it out, and then how are you dealing with the consequences? So, you know, if you stay up too late, binge watching that TV show <laughs> that uh-huh. we're probably all a little guilty of doing sometimes. And then, you know, you had an early meeting and then you're so tired the next day, you can call it out and say, well, you know, mm-hmm. I stayed up too late last night and and now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, there's a, you know, some consequences for that. I'm really tired and I'm not yeah. my best self today at work. Um, so it can be really helpful. And and again, it, it makes you more relatable as a parent. So I think it's really important to call out your own weaknesses as well sometimes. Yeah, that's a good one. That's, um, that's one
2: of the things I wrote about in some of the content that we created on this just recently. It's sometimes people th- or parents think that it's a sign of weakness when mm-hmm. you're calling out your mistakes, but it's actually, I think it's very self-aware and it mm-hmm. is good modeling yeah. and it's just showing that, yeah, you, I think you're absolutely right. It's showing that you're relatable. You're human, mm-hmm. you make mistakes too, but you know how to correct them and and you're kind of showing, showing your kids how to, how to do that too.
0: Right. Right. Well, and I think, and we talked about it before, I think too, but it lets them know that it's okay. Right. So it's like, you don't have mm-hmm. to be perfect all the time. And if right. our kids see us as perfect all the time, then they feel like they're, they're having to live up to that standard. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, 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 you can make mistakes. You do not have to be perfect, you know? So I think yeah. it's be really helpful. Yeah. It takes some of the pressure off them too. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. not, yeah. nobody's perfect. Yeah.
2: yeah. So our next tip is using visual supports. So for kids, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we definitely a common yes. one that we're bringing back, we talk about this one a lot, but for kids it might be something like using a timer to show how much time is left if waiting is hard for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Or
2: you know, for kids and teens, having a list of again, like I mentioned before, expectations. In this case, maybe it's a list of the rules, house rules, chores, whatever it is, using those visual supports so they know what to expect. Um, Another acronym that we can use uh, as a visual support could be STOP, S-T-O-P. So in this case, the S stands for stop and pause before making a decision. Then the T stands for think about how the decision will make others feel or think about maybe what would happen. The O stands for opt or choose the best decision. And then lastly, the P stands for proceed. So once you've had a, a chance to go through the other three, so stop, think, and choose the best decision, then you can proceed. So that's just another nice visual support that you can put out there if your kid's are having a hard time uh, with impulsivity. Just a reminder, you know. Okay, let's mm-hmm. let's stop and think, you know, before we act. And I think that's good for the whole family, really. You know, mm-hmm. I know. Oh yeah, I know. I know a lot of adults that are kind of working on just things in the workplace. Um, if you're stressed out, you're reading some not nice, e- not nice emails, and then you jump into a meeting, <laughs> and you might just be kind of grumbly and a little prickly, and you might blurt out something. And so it is nice to kind of have that internal check point for yourself like okay I need to stop I need to think about the ramifications of this am I going to end up feeling guilty later because I said something that wasn't so nice mm-hmm. um, yeah you
0: know so it's good I think for all ages Hmm. So true. I have three different things going through my mind. So I'm going to try to <laughs> put them all in there and organize it. Um, because I went off into, speaking of impulse control, I went off into three different paths in my brain as you were talking, because I was thinking of all of the other important parts to this. So, um, you know, when it comes to, like you had said, consequences in general, um, for parents like you had said, write out the house rules. Well, maybe mm-hmm. we also put, well, what are the potential consequences to breaking those rules? And we already mm-hmm. put them there. And again, it could be consequences like you had mentioned before as like, well, maybe you don't get that thing that you really wanted, or it could also be more natural consequences to to their behavior. Mm-hmm. Your you, Your sibling will be upset with you, or they won't want to play with you and things like that. So yeah, I think it's really important to put consequences in there visually. That helps the kids to see it. But also for parents working on impulse control, blurting out a consequence that you might then regret later. Oh, so similar yeah. to what you just that's said about work, right? Like, oh, no, I just took that away for the weekend. And oh, man, how is that going to impact me now? <laughs> right? So, so true. Yes, that's a big one. Um, and then the other one that I was going to say was, I get asked all the time with this one. Well, having a visual support is really great, but how do I get my child to actually stop and 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 think and mm-hmm. use it right? So a lot of times it's like by the time a parent notices it, it's it's already happened, and mm-hmm. so that happens, right? Th- those things are going to happen, but I think what what we could do here is i would i would urge parents to maybe write down the the common challenges your child has with impulse control. So what are the things that they have a difficulty controlling their impulses with? What are those? And then that way you can be more proactive and we think okay, every time that my child's playing a board game for example, they flip the board when they yeah. when they're losing. So we say, okay, I'm going to hover <laughs> over my kids when they're playing that board game. If he or she starts to lose, well, now I'm gonna make sure to to prompt the appropriate response. Okay, stop. Maybe we all need a minute away from the game, then we're gonna come back mm-hmm. to it. Maybe something like that.
2: Yeah, I like that. So you're I think what you're saying is kind of know your child's challenges, and that's where you're gonna kind mm-hmm. of really highlight this more. And you had mentioned, um, we keep coming back to this, but just that proactive thing. So maybe it's yeah, it's before. The game even starts. It's like, hey, okay, mm-hmm. everybody, let's review the rules. Let's review our visual here of stop and think mm-hmm. beforehand so that you get a chance to remind your kids when they're still in a calm state. Because mm-hmm. we know some kids go to from zero to 60 in, in no time and it's already too late at that point.
0: Mm-hmm, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that, that kind of leads nicely into the next one here where we want to um, – again, kind of be proactive and think about how to have conversations with your kids about the future, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so obviously, you don't have a crystal ball, you can't predict everything that's going to come along your child's path. And and as Angie mentioned before, well, we, we can't always protect them from everything, right? But what we're talking about here is discussing some of those common scenarios that might come up, and then you can role play those with your child. So a good one for kids might be, hey, if we go to that party and there's a toy left attended or you're in the classroom and you notice that there's a, a you know, a pencil that you think is really cool on your kid's desk and everyone's out of the classroom, well, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Do we take it? Do we leave it? Um, mm-hmm. You know, so so really working through some of those things might happen if you know your child has a history of, let's say, grabbing a toy when they think it's cool, Um You know, same thing. If your cabinet's left open and your kid has a history of going and taking snacks, like my children, you know, maybe we discuss, like, you have to ask for snacks. and You know, so role play um, and really rehearse those scenarios that might come up. Mm -hmm. And you could do the same thing for teens. But again, you know, we have to probably, with teens, we have to do it a little bit more age appropriate. So um, this is one I, I tell parents all the time. Think about what your child might encounter as a teenager, right? So they might encounter drugs, they might in- encounter sex, they might encounter, um, you know, maybe being unkind to a friend because their friends are being unkind to their friend. And so yeah. think about those situations and then discuss with your child, hey, how would you respond if someone comes up to you and says, Hey, do you want to try this drug? What's what's your response gonna be? Let's give you a yeah. script that you can say so you feel comfortable when you get put into those situations.
2: Yeah, that's so important, and it's pretty. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it's pretty easy to do, but
2: yeah, I mean, it's definitely that is and again being proactive, like yep. trying to mm-hmm. kind of predict because you know those things are going to come up when your kid becomes exactly. a teen. Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if you talk about it ahead of time, then again, you're kind of arming them with responses, and it's going to increase the chances that they're going to be prepared. So, so, Oh, mm-hmm. we've talked about this. My mom told me this might happen or my dad told me that was going to happen. So now I yeah. know what to do. Um, and they don't get put on the spot. Right. And they're like, Oh no, Oh, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Or you're driving and your teen your, your friend says like speed through that red light, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, no, don't do that. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So definitely talking about it, practice it. If you can role play some of those examples, um, can make it easier. And then also I think when you can, role play and practice, taking that deep breath or stopping and thinking and using some of the acronyms that, that Angie had mentioned, mm-hmm. um, really put it into practice and role play it to make it again, just more natural for your child to to do those things.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that's another big takeaway is you start early, then it's kind of in their repertoire. So mm-hmm. when they are a teenager, they just kind of do it. And like you said before, modeling it, and then you might discover like, oh, actually, this is good for me too. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh.
2: All right. So next one, we're getting down to the last couple tips here. Know your child and teen's friends. Mm-hmm. So uh, this goes for kids and teens. Um, we know that their friends definitely impulse, or in, uh, influence their behavior. Mm-hmm. And they try to imitate them. You know, kids do this all the time. And certainly when they become teenagers, they're very impressionable, they're self-conscious, they want to do the cool things. And, you know, kids and teens, they imitate each other. This is just kind of development. That's what happens. So, you know, to be able to get to know your kids and teens' friends is a really good, kind of gives you a good inside look into what might be coming or uh, what... uh, your kids might be doing or in a way that they're acting outside of your supervision or kind of scope of influence. So you can maybe have them over to your house. You can kind of observe and get a sense of what are they talking about? You know, What sort of things are they engaging in? Um, And also get to know their parents if you can. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know it's a little easier when kids are young because you're driving them, you're meeting up at the park, or you're seeing them at school pick up and drop off and things like that. But There's a lot of benefit to getting to know these other families. You can kind of get a sense of, okay, you know, what what kind of family uh, values the other um, other kids might be hearing about at home. Um, Mm -hmm. It's also good too to have them hang out in more supervised environments, especially if your kids get are getting older. So sports is going to be a good one. It's always a nice um, (laughs) a nice option when you're wanting something that's a bit more structured. You know, there's going to be a coach there, different extracurricular Mm -hmm. activities as opposed to let's go hang out behind the mall (laughs) and (laughs) who knows what's going on there. So yeah, so thinking about structured, supervised environments. And then, you know, there might become a time where you need to engage or you need to encourage your child to either get, you know, to develop different relationships or maybe just add in additional friends if the current ones... In your opinion, are maybe kind of a bad influence or engaging in behaviors that you feel are risky, getting in trouble, being disrespectful for, to teachers. grades are not so great. You know whatever is important to you, um you may need to talk with your your kids about their friends and and talk more explicitly explicitly about it. You might need to talk about what makes a good friend. I know we've talked about this in past podcasts as well. So Mm -hmm. what does make a good friend? What is bullying? um, You know, what does it mean when your kid's friends are engaging in risky behaviors? What are risky behaviors to your child or teen? What do they feel the definitions are? And kind of reflect together on some of the choices that you've seen and that they've seen their their friends making and, and what they think about that. So really having an open dialogue, about friends because we do know friends and socialization is just such a huge part um, of kind of, especially later childhood and teen years. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. This one is so important. And it's, it's, I like the angle you took there with that last one in helping your kid identify their own values. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, well, this child or teen what are they doing? what are their what are their consequences potentially for their actions and then how do you feel about that for yourself like do you see that right. path for you you know yeah. Um, and I think yeah I will say that that just kind of having this conversation with so many parents with teens you do have to tread lightly um probably some of our listeners are like uh ah I can't go near that because then my kid's gonna do it more because I said that may not be a good idea yeah. so. I do think when when it comes to teens, we have to tread lightly, but i think I like the idea of them maybe thinking about it from their own perspective and and I also like where you had mentioned adding in other friends, you know we're not mm-hmm. removing that friend completely, but maybe we're opening their eyes to other people that might have a better influence on them, so yeah, it's a tough one
2: <laughs> yeah i think I think you're right um i there's a couple of people on our block that have young adult, like kind of late teenagers. And mm-hmm. all these kids just seem so great. And they just, they're so polite. And it doesn't seem like they're getting in trouble. And I'm I'm thinking, what is your secret sauce? How do you raise such nice kids? And um, I talk to them and a lot of them say, you know, we're just, we just have a, a relationship where we have open dialogue and we, we communicate with our kids. They communicate with us. And I think, yeah, I mean, they're saying that they're just they're involved, and they mm-hmm. one of them said because I asked them about uh, they were sharing yeah that on this basketball team one of the kids got suspended for not not such great behavior and I was asking well how would you guys handle that you know at home did you guys talk about that and they said yeah we just said you know what do you think about that mm-hmm. and it was just a nice it was very refreshing it wasn't this um, kind of dominant. Uh, authoritative or authoritarian kind of y- viewpoint, like you cannot not hang out with that person anymore because right. like you said before, they might rebel. Yeah. And when kids are little too, you know, it doesn't work out well when you say you're not allowed to play with so-and-so anymore because then they go and they oh, tell yeah. and then the parents find out. It's just this weird awkwardness. And so, yeah, empowering the kids to make their own decisions. This is a good mm-hmm. life skill forever. And I think you're just going to see a lot of beneficial, outcomes from, from that concept. Yeah. Yes. Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah. And I think that really segues nicely into, I think it's our, is it our last tip? Oh my, we're already there. Our last one, Um, I guess kind of along the same line of parents asking questions related to this. So, you know, how do parents might ask, how do, how do we know when we pull back? Right. So how do we Mm -hmm. allow our kids to make their own decisions and, when when do we not allow them to make their own decisions right so it's kind of like this fuzzy area that we're like oh i don't know like how much how much input do I have here? Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, how do I, when do I get involved? When do I not get involved? Um, and so obviously, as I said before, it's not ideal to protect our kids from all the bad things that might happen. We do want to allow them to make choices and see how those choices pan out for them and go to our bad. And I think sometimes that that, that is a good la- learning opportunity. So it's important to do mm-hmm. that. Um, but I think the what, what's most important here is, you know you can pull back your support and controlling, helping your kid control their impulses when you see that they are starting to make better choices and maybe they're stopping themselves where they didn't before. So they might say, mm-hmm. you know, they might pause for a moment and, and actually think something through maybe before they flip that board game, right? And then yep. you say, hey, wow, you know what, that was really great that you stopped for a moment, you thought about it, you stuck it out, or maybe you made a better choice. Of course, we want to praise that behavior. And then that's when you know, hey, maybe I can pull back a little bit here. Maybe again, I had mentioned like hover over the game, right? Well, maybe you don't need to do that. You can start to pull yourself back a little bit. Yeah. That's yeah, great. definitely. Um, And then also maybe when they become just more self-aware in general, right? So when they start to, and and it goes back to kind of what we were saying. So they figure out, these are my own values. Like this is what, this is, this is how I want to be. This is how I want to behave in this situation. Or this is how I think about what, you know, the way that I think about this. So, Mm -hmm. you know, really helping them just in general, be more self-aware. And, and you could do that by helping them come up with a goal or a plan. So this is probably something we touch on a lot, and I point this out especially for teens. We say, "Hey, what's your what's your goal for the month for yourself?" Right. So maybe it's I don't want to I don't want to you know yell at my friend every time they do something wrong, or as I mentioned before, well, I don't want to scream at my my teammate in in soccer when they miss the ball, right? So what's the mm-hmm. goal for themselves, and then and then they can they can set a, a plan to really achieve that goal. So they can think about, okay, here's my goal. So instead of doing this, I'm going to take a deep breath and then I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to say this and, and, um, and here's the reward I'm going to get, by the way, <laughs> when I actually follow through with it and really yeah. have them write it out and, and put it up somewhere so that they can work on it. All right. Should we go ahead and do a recap of our tips? Yes, let's do it. I know we hit on a lot of good stuff, so let's go back and, and do a little review yeah. for everybody. Yeah. So the first one is is create some sort of positive reinforcement system. So make sure you're praising the behaviors that you want to see and, and making sure to point those out, perhaps using a, a very short interval, as we mentioned, um, yeah. for your kids and teens, but making sure that you are praising what you want to see. Awesome. And then next, be really clear about your expectations for your kids'
2: behaviors. And kind of related to that, talk about actions versus consequences so our behaviors kind of can influence what happens next can influence um our our friends and you know our relationships and and so on so talk about the consequences of your kids behaviors
0: yes perfect um and then the third one might oh, might not always be the easiest, but model the appropriate behavior. So not only show your kids that you can control your impulses, maybe you you avoid engaging in some of those risky behaviors you might think about, um, but point it out along the way. So really talk or speak, think, yeah, think out loud. <laughs> That's what I'm going for there. <laughs> think out loud and let your kids know what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And then using, kind
2: of leveraging those visual supports, whether it's a timer, having your house rules, maybe even having an acronym listed out for your kids and for yourself too. So stop and think, kind of then opt and choose the best decision, and then proceed after you've done
0: all of those things. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then talk proactively, discuss with your kids how they should act if they're presented with something that's risky, or maybe they are you know, thinking something that might be impulsive. So if, if something is put in their way that they might want to s- grab, um, or if there's a risky behavior that they're pre- presented with, um, help them think about it ahead of time and come up with some scripted responses. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Next, we talked about getting to know your kid and teens, kids or teens, friends. And then ideally too, the friend's parents and just kind of get to know what's going on outside your
0: home that might be influencing your kids. Yes, definitely. And then thinking about when you can pull back and let your kids make their own decisions. And um, one way to know is if your child starts to make better choices, right? They start to stop themselves when, when maybe they didn't before. So just keep an eye out on those things that you're teaching. And when you see that maybe they're more successful in that area, then you know that you can pull back a bit. Nice. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today. Thank you for joining us for our 24th episode of Behaviorally Speaking. Our next episode will be on gearing up for summer with some fun parenting hacks. So until then, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode.
1: You've been listening to Behaviorally Speaking with Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi, brought to you by Will, a Rethink division. Find out more at will.com. You can find past podcast episodes under the resources tab. We also invite you to subscribe, follow, like, and leave us feedback wherever you listen to podcasts. Your feedback helps us prepare topics and content for future episodes. Until next time, have a great day.